Dr. Lawrence R. Powell. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. When I say that scripture, I always have to pause for a moment, and we say it just kind of like saying it and moving on, but uh, in the context, the psalmist looked ahead into the future to see what God would accomplish for us through his son, Jesus Christ. The psalmist said, the stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes, looking at Christ on that cross, the sacrifice, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. The psalmist looking ahead said, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, if the psalmist could peer into the future and could say, I must rejoice, then we who look back at the act that brought us salvation, how much more should we praise him? Amen. Come on, let's just give him some glory here in the, in the midst. And, and, and please just remain standing for, for a few moments. I'm, I'm just so happy to be here. I love to be here uh, at West Angeles. I love to come to Los Angeles as well. However, um, I had to have a little attitude check because um, my sister just texted me and said, it is lovely in New Jersey. Um, last week, it was unusually cool in the 50s on Mother's Day, and it was pouring down raining. So I figured I'm coming to sunny California. And I didn't even look at weather.com until I was packing. And I saw the weather in Los Angeles, and I looked at 70s and 80s in New Jersey. I'm like, did I miss God? Did, did I? But nevertheless, it's just good to be with. This is a highlight of my being here, being with you, being with West Angeles this morning, and having the honor and the joy of serving you. And to the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, first and foremost, we honor his presence. He's here today. And I thank God for this man who leads this ministry and has done so now for 50 years in the person of presiding Bishop Charles E. Blake. Would you help me just honor him again and his lovely wife in her absence, Lady Mae Blake. God bless you, Bishop and Lady Blake, for many years. Uh, since my first physical visit down the street in Cren Cren or this way, what have you, on Crenshaw, um, walking into that service, having heard about West Angeles and seeing it for the very first time, blessed me immensely. And then a few years later, when I was a student at ORU and Bishop was serving as one of the uh, serving on the board of regents, I got an opportunity to meet him. You know, all of the Koja kids was trying to get to the bishop when he came, and he was so kind. And, and I asked him if I could have a visit with him as I uh, was planning to graduate and go back home and plant a church. And he was so kind to sit with me and to share with me and to then share his staff with me. And it has done so very, very much. And over the years, he has been a mentor. I say this with everything in me. I love this man of God. I love his wife. They are absolutely amazing people. We are blessed to have them in the church. The world is a better place because of them. Thank you, Bishop, for continuing to inspire us. I look at him and say, 50 years? I've only been doing this for 28, almost 29 years as pastor. And somewhere around week 28, I was like, Lord Jesus, wait a minute here. So you inspire me that I can go on 
and see what the end's going to be. Amen. I want you all to help me. Um, I want to introduce you to somebody. He's with me here. He's the executive director of our music ministry at Agape Church in New Jersey, Lauren Dawson. He is the maestro. We appreciate his being here. And uh, he came along with me. He's in New Jersey, but he's really from New York. And um, thank you, Lauren, for being here. David and your team, you all are amazing. Eight of y'all sound like 800. Just wonderful. Let's give it up for our music ministry. And I don't want anybody to be left out. So look at somebody and just go clapping, clapping and clapping in front of them. Say, I thank God for you too. You're, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. Man, I'm so, I'm, I'm so blessed. And, 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 and then I'm so nervous y'all pray for me. But I'm like, I shook Magic Johnson's hand. I could go home now. I, re- I really, really could, but, but I'm on assignment. I'd like you to go with me to Psalm chapter 50, Psalm chapter 50, and thank God to all, for all the elders and the ministers, uh, both on this platform and you in the audience, you ministers of the Lord, to Elder, uh, Elder Blake here. It's just a pleasure having uh, him in my life as a friend and the Blake family, all these elders that have served and continue to serve. Uh, here at West Angeles. God bless you all. Let's just pause in prayer. Our Father, our hearts are open to receive from you today. Thank you that you give me uh, the ability in Christ Jesus by your Holy Spirit to declare the words of truth. I thank you that this is good ground. We will hear your word. We will embrace your word. We will do your word for therein is the blessing. And I thank you, Father, for an anointing that makes preaching and teaching easy, one that removes burdens and destroys yokes. Let the will of God be done. Kingdom of God come. Will of God be done here today at West in Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody say amen. Would you look with me at verse 14 and verse 15? And I'll read from the New King James Version. Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. I want to just read that last part again. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will glorify me. Before you take your seat, I'd like you to help me at least in preaching the title of this sermon. I want you to find three people and you be the mouthpiece of God this morning. You be the prophet. You be the prophetess. I want you to look at somebody, point at them. We'll, 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 we'll suspend the no pointing rule this morning. I want you to point at them and tell them this from the word of the Lord today or from the mouth of God. Tell them, I will deliver you. Come on, tell two others, I will deliver you. One more time, I will deliver you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. When I consider this text, it is most encouraging for me in many ways, having been in tight spots and needing the hand of the Lord, needing divine intervention and what divine intervention and watching God step in, even if, but in the nick of time, God delivering me. So I'm here today, uh, not as a theorist, I'm here today as one who has experience. There's some things in life that qualify you. Uh, when, when, um, when you have someone who is a novice or just new, even new to faith, and they can speak the word, and we appreciate the uh, proclamation of the word, but there's something about someone who's been tried and proven, someone who's been seasoned uh, in the word and through experiences. Hello, somebody. 
And those are the folk that, that encourage me most when I can look at you and I can observe your walk and I can listen to your testimony and I, I know what you've been through and I know how you came out victoriously. It says something to me that if God did it for you, God can do it for me as well. When we consider this particular psalm in context, we see that this psalm is, is a very powerful psalm, as, as all of the word of the Lord is, of course. But uh, we see something very, very specific here in that um, God is dealing with some issues among his people that are in the arena of judgment. The Old Testament prophets pronounced judgment on those who claim to be faithful, but whose lives fail to live up to their claims. We see the same uh, theme in the New Testament, even Jesus confronting the same spirit or these same issues with uh, the religious folk like the scribes and Pharisees that are mentioned in the New Testament. You honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. God, I don't want to be in that place where I'm, I'm just doing this thing out of habit. I'm just doing this thing for religious reasons. I'm, I'm just doing this thing in a mechanical sense. I can do it in my sleep. I don't ever want it to get old. I want it to be fresh. I want what I give to God to be authentic in every sense of the world. Word, word. In fact, the world really needs to see authentic, radical Christians. Hello, somebody. Time out for the foolishness. Time out for playing. If anything, we need to be praying and we need to be proclaiming the truth of God. And when people look at us, they should see upon us the glory of the Lord. I believe this. See, we, we, we've projected an image that's not always accurate. We've distorted the image of, of God uh, with, with our religiosity and our hypocrisy. And what God is calling for each of us today is to be the real deal, to be shown up Christians. The word Christian means to be Christ-like, and, and I, I, I'm, I've never been one uh, to just get stuck on, on, on dress and this, that, and the other, and the, and the things that we've heard traditionally that people would say were sins and would send you to hell. I remember hearing the arguments about uh, makeup, and I'm not here to say wear it or not. If you wear it, it's supposed to compliment you. Don't look like a clown wearing it. That's my philosophy, my two cents. Um, but people would say, well, you can't, to the ladies, they would say, you can't wear makeup because Jezebel wore makeup. And the Bible does say Jezebel painted her face, but you keep reading the text. Not only did she paint her face, she tied up her hair and she looked out the window. So if it's just the painting of the face that's sending into hell, then y'all better stop looking out the window and tying up your hair. I never want to get people into legalism or into bondage, but I, I believe that we should be authentic. We should be, as God has created us, to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Come on, tell somebody, I'm the light of the world and the salt of the earth. If you, if you, take, uh, if you take chicken and uh, you put salt on it, the chicken becomes salty. It's not the other way around. The salt doesn't become chickeny. So we're in the world, but not of the world. We should go into every man's world and we should light up the place. And whenever light confronts darkness, darkness has got to flee. 
One of the great things that I learned by being a student at ORU was that God wants us to go into every man's world. Your pulpit may not be in the church house. Your pulpit may be in business. It may be in medicine. It may be in entertainment. It may be in athletics. It may be in government. But wherever God places you, shine there. Be the real deal. So uh, uh, the psalmist here is dealing with some of the issues that are, were present in that, that, that particular time. And he's dealing with the issues of, of really about true worship and, and how that is to be lived out. The worship that God desires. False piety and hypocrisy is despised vehemently. Uh, such attitudes and, and actions open up the, the door to troubles of every kind. We see in the first few verses, verses 1 through 6, the psalmist sets the stage as if in a courtroom. He calls witnesses from heaven above to earth to give witness as to what's going on. In verses 7 through 15, God is outlining the problem. The people have assumed their sacrifices have satisfied the holy obligations of God, but God doesn't need their sacrifices. He's looking for honest sacrifices of praise and worship. New Testament picks it up and says he's... He, he, he desires uh, that worship uh, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name, sacrifice. We see furthermore in the, in the text that God is de detailing in verses 16 through 21 some of the sins of Israel at the time, how that they re rejected the instructions of God, thievery, adultery, evil, deceit, and slander, just to name a few. But God will never show you a problem and not give you the solution. He'll never point out the negative without giving you the positive. And I got some good news for everybody here today. You might be in a situation now where you really need the deliverance of God. Maybe you're going through some things that are significant to judgment, perhaps going on in your life. Well, I got some good news for you today that God is here to get you out of trouble and to set you completely free. Do I have a witness today? Can he do it? The path of deliverance requires true repentance and true worship, a worship that is given to God in the beauty or the splendor of holiness in spirit and in truth. Psalm 50 and 14 says, offer to God thanksgiving, pay your vows to the most high. When we come before God, we recognize that he is not just a God of many, for there are those who claim to be God, but they are not God. He is the one and only God, the true God, the God who is most high. I want to encourage you today. He is El Elyon in the Hebrew, the most high God, which means he is higher than everything and higher than everyone. He is higher than adversity. He is higher than sickness. He is higher than disease. He is higher than sin and shame and guilt. He is higher than any and every trouble you might find yourself in. Do I have a witness here today? Thank God for the most high God. When you truly come before the Lord and worship him, acknowledging him for who he is, true worship releases revelation. True worship re re releases revelation. Let me say it again. True worship releases revelation and I found this to be true in my own life that when you when you when you you get into a focus where 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 God alone is 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 the object of your the person of your worship and nothing else really matters that according to this very same psalm psalm 50 and verse 23 whoever offers praise glorifies me 
and to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the way of salvation. In other words, I'll open your eyes to see some things you could not see before. I'll open your spiritual ears to hear instructions that you would not have been able to receive except that you got into the place of worship to worship God. This is one of the reasons why Satan wants to keep you from praising and worshiping God. Not throwing any shade on anybody who got here late today, but some folk, maybe not in California, but in New Jersey, I got some folk who are habitually late. I don't care what time you start the service, they are going to be there late. And some of them are late intentionally because they want to miss that intimate part of the service called praise and worship. I want to encourage you, don't you ever miss the time of praise and worship. When we sing songs of praise and worship, when we sing songs of deliverance, when we sing songs of our God, because in that kind of setting, God moves mightily in the midst and will open your eyes and open your ears to show you the way of salvation, the way of deliverance. In other words, he'll show you the way out and he'll show you the way in. Do I have a witness? at West Angeles today. If he's ever done anything for you in worship, would you let it be known and just shout a praise to him and clap your hands and give him some glory in the midst? Testify of his goodness. The psalmist says that we should offer, we should offer to God thanksgiving and then pay our vows to the most high God. And then he says to us that There's coming a day that you might not like, but it's coming. He says, call upon me in the day of trouble. I'll deliver you and you shall glorify me. So the word of God is indicative. It it implies something for us here. It says to us that it's not if, but when. When you're in trouble, he says, call upon me. Anybody ever been in trouble? I'm talking about real trouble. I ain't talking about somebody walked past you in church and didn't speak, you being persecuted. I'm not talking about somebody got your parking spot. But real trouble, real persecution. It says to us that there's coming a day, a day of trouble, and you call upon me in that day. The scriptures presume a day of trouble. I know um, that there's a a thought out there that if you're truly saved and truly sanctified and truly filled with the Holy Spirit, that everything is going to be wonderful. Every day is going to be sunshiny. You will never encounter a giant in the land. You'll never be opposed. You'll never experience adversity. No one will ever talk about you. No one will ever stab you in the back. But the devil is a liar. In fact, I found out that uh, when you name the name of Jesus Christ, you start experiencing some trouble you didn't even consider. You didn't even know trouble like this existed. Like it or not, ready or not, you're going to face trouble at some time or another in life. And if you haven't just yet, keep on living. One day, your day is coming. But you know what I've discovered? The devil gets blamed for a lot of things we've really brought on ourselves. Please look at somebody and tell them decisions determine destiny. 
Now, you can take the mask off, and some of the trouble that we found ourselves in is because of us, the enemy in us, the things that we did. You know, you know God told you, gave it to you in a dream, spoke it in a, on a cartoon, got, got you everywhere he could. You turned on the radio, and, and God was confirming his word. You wasn't supposed to marry that person, but you just had to get married. Your biological clock was ticking, and you just felt like I had to do this. And, and now you regret the fact that you made vows to someone that doesn't love you and is abusing you. God was trying to save you from some heartache. We've all made some decision that we've regretted. Amen. We've, we've made some decisions, perhaps at the dinner table. You know that cheesecake was uh, 1,100 calories. And the meal was 2,000. Now that you're feeling bad. You know, um, I, I, I typically am a, am a healthy person and I try to make healthy choices. But you know how when you get really hungry, you just kind of start losing your mind? And then, you know, those, those golden arches start like calling, calling your name, you know, calling your name. And I got a problem. I have, pray for me, Elder Blake. I got, a, I got an issue. I'm working on it. So um, I don't really go to the arches for like dinner, but like breakfast, you know, for the, um, the sausage. I'm trying not to give them any promo up here, but you know, you know, the, it's got the sausage and the egg. So, you know, I get that and I say, hey, don't even give me the hash brown. Just give me fries. <laughs> and then it's 10 a.m. Give me them two apple pies, too. Thank you, Jesus. That's really what I wanted, the apple pies, anyhow. And I'll eat that and it'll satisfy my immediate desire. And then I feel filthy. I feel like I just need to go somewhere and be cleansed. Have you ever made a decision in life that after you did it, you just felt filthy, I just need to be cleansed, and you find yourself in trouble? You quit a job that you shouldn't have quit, and now you, you don't have money to pay the rent? You walked out uh, of a relationship that now you regret leaving that individual? Maybe you changed churches when you shouldn't just because there was a little persecution going on in the house of the Lord. We've all been there. We've all done that. The Bible does teach about the cause and effect factor. It says to us, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord God has spoken in Isaiah 1, 19 and 20. We see as well in Deuteronomy 28, verses 15 to 68. I'm not going to read them. We want to park there at those first few verses. Blessed are you when you come in and blessed when you go out. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Your children blessed, your, 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 your farm blessed, the city blessed, everything blessed. But that's if you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your, your God. But then 15 picks it up and says, if you rebel against God, then you're going to make some decisions that are going to bring calamity into your life. Furthermore, we see in Galatians that whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Come on, remind somebody, tell them you reap what you sow. But I must say this as well, while that is true, there is this other side of trouble that I think we have to be careful in being judgmental when we see people who are going through. Be very careful that you don't put your mouth on people who are going through, supposing you know the deal. Could it be that they're going through not because of some sin that's been committed, but because of their stand of righteousness? 
Could it be that they're simply going through a difficult situation because they have been dotting the I's and crossing the T's? I learned something about trouble years ago that really blessed me. Uh, It's simply this, that trouble doesn't mean that you've committed sin. Trouble doesn't mean, number two, that God has abandoned you. In fact, I found out the scripture is true. He's a very present help in times of trouble. But then I I learned something else that I picked up from the the saints of old, and they had a way of saying it this way. I'm so glad trouble doesn't last always. So you may be in trouble today, but the scripture is very clear. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Aren't you grateful for that today? With great anticipation, would you just put your hands together and thank him for the dawning of the day that will bring about a change. Trouble doesn't last always. And so, really, whether you're in trouble because of something you did, that is something wrong that you did, or if you're in trouble simply for doing the right things, God says, when you find yourself in trouble, this is what you need to do. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I love you. I want to see you delivered. I want to see you held, but I ain't giving you my cell number because you might call me uh, at 3 a.m. in the morning when I'm trying to sleep. And if you wake me up at 3 a.m. in the morning, I might have just a little bit of attitude. See, we got to get out of having people being dependent upon us and pointing them to Jesus. Don't get me wrong. I'll help you. I'll give you the shirt off my back, but I can't have you being dependent upon me. God doesn't want you to be dependent upon me, any man or any woman. He wants you to look beyond man. I look into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. And he said, when you find yourself in trouble, you need to know who to call upon. He says, call upon me. I love what the scripture says elsewhere. Jeremiah 33 and 3, call upon me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. Thank God for your prayer partners. Thank God for the preachers. Thank God for the evangelists. But what you need to do is you need to know how to call on the Lord. In my distress, I cried to the Lord and he heard me. Psalm 20 and 1. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. To all who call upon him in truth, he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and he will save them. You know, there's some prayers that you can pray and uh, you don't have, to, um, don't have to get excited about it. You know, just Lord, you know, thank you for this food that I'm about to receive. I, I just thank you, Father, for the blessing of the Lord upon. But then there's these other times that you find yourself in, in, in great distress where, where, where you can't say God of Abraham, of, of Jacob and Isaac. You don't have time for all of that, but you just have to call his name. And, and what's his name? Jesus. You just, Jesus. When you're on the highway and, and, and it looks like a, a truck is about to hit your head on, you don't have time for fancy prayers. All you can do is call on the name of the Lord. Have you ever been in that place where you didn't have time to make up a grand prayer, but out of your spirit, you just said, Jesus. He says, call upon me, call upon me and uh, I will answer you. And he says, call upon me and I will deliver you. Call upon me and I will save you. Call upon me and I will heal you. The scripture says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. 
looked up that word in the Hebrew, and that word is a word that says to snatch up, out, and away. He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers, snatches up, out, and away from that trouble. I'm a living witness today, and I know I'm talking to some other witnesses in the house that the enemy seemingly had a hold on you, that you just couldn't get away. But oh, just in the nick of time, when you called on the Lord, he heard you and snatched you out of Satan's trap. And I'm going to be praising the Lord for all of eternity for the many times that he's delivered me. And I know you'll do the same in his delivering, deliverance of you. God guarantees deliverance for those who call upon him. The Lord is faithful even when we've been unfaithful. The Lord is faithful. Got into a little situation where I thought I was doing the right thing. You know, I'm trying to invest and have other streams of income and let me buy this particular property. Let me flip it. And uh, I bought this particular property and I thought about it afterwards. I should have prayed just a little longer. It's a little longer. I should have prayed a little longer. Because right after that, there was the, 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 the issue with uh, real estate in our nation and, and real estate just started plummeting. And here now, and I had to pay something that I couldn't flip. And then, you know, because the devil is sneaky, uh, you know, I didn't realize that um, I, I, they had a quota and I couldn't even re rent the property. So I had to get a property manager to, to look at a property that I couldn't even rent and I couldn't derive any, uh, any money from it. So it was a weight. It was a weight on my shoulders because I could think of a whole lot of other things I could do with that mortgage payment. But I thank God for deliverance. Because I put that thing out before the Lord. I said, now, Lord, here, I, I must have missed it. I messed up here, or this is some lesson I need to learn. But right now, what I need is I need intervention. I need some help here. I need some favor, Lord. I need you to turn this situation around for me. And uh, look at somebody say, won't he do it? <laughs> I'm here to tell you that I'm from up under that weight, and I'm grateful today that's somebody else's property to the glory of God. Now, that's a little bitty thing. That's a little thing. That's a little experience. I've got some weightier things here that time will not allow me to share with you, but I know what it is like to be like those three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace there, not because of sin, but because of righteousness. They went into that fiery furnace, and the, and the Bible says before they were thrown into the fiery furnace, they had a conversation with the king. And they, they basically said, listen, I know you got to do what you got to do. You put the word out there that when the music is played, everybody bow. But we will not bow down to the image you have set up. And so therefore you have said, if we do not bow, we'll be thrown into the fiery furnace. And so the king is trying to give them an opportunity to correct this thing. But they said, no, we didn't compromise the first time and we'll not compromise this time. So if you throw us into the fiery furnace, do what you got to do. 
will not bow. If you should change your mind and say, well, I won't throw you in the fiery furnace. Know this, O king, we still not, will not bow. But if you desire to throw us in the fiery furnace, know this, our God will deliver us. From the fiery furnace, he will deliver us and from your hand, he will deliver you. I've discovered that there's some fiery furnaces in life that God will not uh, keep you out of, but he will deliver you in the midst of. And so you may be in your fiery furnace right now, but call on the name of the Lord and he will deliver you. He will answer you. He's never late. He'll never ignore you. He'll not reject you. When you call out to him, he will step into that fiery furnace. He'll be in that lion's den. He'll be in that prison cell with you and he will deliver you. Would you tell somebody, please, the Lord will deliver you. Well, if we look throughout this room, we see men and women who've got great testimonies and, and great stories. And what I've discovered in life that people will look at you and they don't see the first part of you. Perhaps they see what you are right now. They want your glory, but they don't want your story. And if you begin to tell them your story with all of the hardships and the challenges and the things that you've dealt with, they, they don't want that. They just want the ease of life. This is what I call the microwave generation. We want to push a button and have it in 30 seconds. But there's some things in the kingdom you just can't rush. God will allow you a season of testing and trying, trying so that what's in you can be proven. What's in you can be realized. What's in you can be perfected. Andre Crouch put it this way, if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. And I'm a living witness here to tell you that there's not a problem that I've ever had in life that God did not intervene and make things work out on my behalf. Let me remind you of what the word says. The word says all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Where are all the folk in the house that love God and are called according to his purpose? Well, that is the word of promise for you today that no matter what it is that you're dealing with, financial issues, marital issues, health issues, uh, whatever it is, issues on the job, issues in, in business, issues in ministry, issues in the church, that if you find yourself in the day of trouble, don't go to complaining and murmuring. If you're going to open your mouth, open your mouth and call on the Lord. If all you can get out is, Jesus, help me, then shout it out to him, Jesus, help me. Anybody here need God to do something for you today? You can't even wait till next week. Come on, right where you are, just rear your head back and shout, Jesus, help me. Come on, say, Jesus, deliver me. Well, you can't do what God say do and he not do what he promises to do in response. He said, if you call unto me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you. I want to let you in on something. Whenever God says, I'm going to do something for you, and the mind of God is already done. So when God says, I will deliver you, what he's saying is you're already delivered. 
When God says, I will heal you, he's saying, you're already healed. When he says, I'm giving you the land, he says, the land is already yours. When God says, you need a breakthrough, I'm going to give you the breakthrough. He's saying, your breakthrough is already here. It's already in the room. It's already available. It's already accessible. All you got to do is call on the Lord. Tell your neighbor and say, he will deliver you. Well, as I go to my first conclusion, because we get five, y'all know that the preachers get. He says, you're going to call on me and I'm going to deliver you. And then here's what you're going to do. You're going to glorify me. Uh, He said, you're going to call upon me. I'm going to deliver you and you're going to glorify me. I don't know how it is that God could move in people's life snatch them out of Satan's hand, defy all odds, deliver them from sickness, disease, from death itself, and they want to be cute. Dignified. Polished. I have an education. Oh, praise the Lord. Yes, he did answer my prayer. He did deliver me. But uh, when you really experience a move of God, that you know it was God and nobody else, the doctor said you got six months and here you are six years later. When you lost a job, were unemployed for a year but didn't miss a meal and then God gave you another job a better job when you had all kind of things going on in your home but then God stepped in and now you got peace like a river look at your neighbor and tell him you're supposed to praise the Lord you're supposed to give him glory you're supposed to act crazy in the presence of the Lord You're supposed to open your mouth and shout. You're supposed to put your hands together and clap. You're supposed to dance your dance. You're supposed to holler hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, I just got to praise him. I just got to give him glory. When I think about how I was lost in my sins and he reached down and snatched me from Satan's grip, saved me, sanctified me, and filled me with the Holy Ghost, I'm a living witness of his saving grace. And when the doctor said, you've got this, that, and the other, but he touched me with his healing hand and delivered me from sickness and disease, I'm a living witness witness today that when I didn't have what I needed God provided everything that I needed and so much more you don't have to impress me with uh, anything you don't have to be a great singer I don't need the, the worship leader to suggest a praise you don't have to command me to praise I command myself to praise the name of the Lord because he's been so 
good to me better to me than I've been to myself and so you can look like you don't know what's happening if you want to but I've got to praise the Lord I owe him my praise I owe him my worship tell your neighbor you owe him your praise you owe him your worship let everything that hath breath praise the Lord let everything that hath breath glorify the name of the Lord see we're just getting good and started just scratching the surface when we get to heaven there is no end to it there'll be praise and there'll be worship and, and there'll be glory my God inexpressible oh my God joy inexpressible but what we have here today is heaven on earth so we don't have to wait till we get to heaven to experience his glory we can experience it here right now and one of the things that we can do that will release the glory factor in the midst is to glorify God we got to get back to praising him we got to get back to worshiping him it must not get old it's gotta be fresh I know you praised him last week but that was last week what are you doing today would you grab a neighbor by the hand shake them by that hand say oh magnify the Lord with me let us exalt his name together tell him we got to praise God even more West Angeles, you're called to praise. You're called to worship. You're called to the kingdom for such a time as this. The praise of God has got to emanate from this place, but it can't be trapped here. It's got to go out of the doorways, down Crenshaw. It's got to go over to Jefferson. It's got to go throughout the various suburbs of Los Angeles, and then it's got to keep it moving. It's got to go to the nation and to the nations of the world. You are trendsetters. You are pioneers. You are men and women that are world changers. You got to call on the Lord and he'll deliver you and you got to glorify him for his delivering power. Can I get somebody in the house to help me glorify the name of the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. 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 There's a man. I'm looking at you right now, right back there, probably in the last row. I want you to just step out in that, in that aisle right, right near you. Just step, step to your left. Take a left step. You right there. You, yes, you, sir. Yes, step. I want you to lift up your hands. I want everybody else in this section to throw your hands in that way. I'm going to have you to do something. I'm not into tricks, but I hear the words saying that there is such a wonderful change coming to your life. A wonderful change. A wonderful change. And it will last. It will not be temporary. In the past, you've had some breakthroughs, but it seemed like it's temporary only to go back into to the, to the, to the routine or go back uh, to how life has been in the past. But God says, not this time. It's over. It's done. The cycle is broken. Great 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 change coming to you I want you to just make a complete turn right where you are just turn around just turn around come on turn around 
All right? See yourself. Remember that. That's a faith gesture. God is turning things around for you. And right where you are, we're going to help you. But I want you to give God your crazy praise. Give him your crazy praise up there, brother. Come on. And everybody else, help me. Give it the, cra the crazy praise. See, because why God is blessing him, he'll bless you. Come on, I can't hear you on this side. I think, I think I told you last time I was here about one of my miracle breakthroughs and how God provided a car for me. Maybe you need a car, maybe you need a house, maybe you need healing in your body, maybe you need deliverance in some other area. It doesn't matter what it is, God can handle anything that comes your way. So, I've discovered this growing up in the church, that there's at least three kinds of praisers. There are those who are smart enough to look back over their shoulder and see what God has done and praise them. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works unto the children of men. We should praise him for the things that he's done. Amen? Then there's this other class of praisers. They not only recognize what God has done, they see God moving now. And they're current with their praise. And they, Lord, thank you for another day. Thank you for what you're doing. Can we just give them a, a 10 second praise for those first two, those first two examples? Oh, for your goodness, for what you have done, and for what you're doing right now. Thank you, Lord. But then there's this third, this third, this third praise. This third praise. That's the praise that's not focused on what he's done already and what he's doing right now, but that's the praise of faith where I can't see it, I can't smell it, I can't hear it, I can't touch it, but I believe God. And so I'm gonna praise him in advance. I'm gonna say thank you ahead of time. I'm gonna dance before it is made manifest. I'm gonna give God my craziest praise for the crazy things he's getting ready to do for me. Would you help me give him that kind of praise? Come on, that kind of praise, that kind of praise for your future. Come on. Come on. Come on, that's not, that's not good enough. That's a C, that's an average. Let's get it up to A plus. Come on, do you believe God? Do you believe him today? Pause there for a moment. Grab just one person's hand. I want you to help me minister to that person. Say, in the name of Jesus, I pray for you. I pray deliverance for you. Healing in your body. Deliverance in your home. Deliverance in your finances. A breakthrough in Jesus' name. Say, I command Satan to loose his hold, to take his hands off of you and what belongs to you. And in Jesus' name, I declare deliverance, spirit, soul, and body. In Jesus' name, it is so. Now, come on, if you believe that, go back into your praise. 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 Go back into the praise. Give it to him. Come on, you in the message. Come on, everybody, every, everybody, every, every, everybody, everybody, every, every, everybody, 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 every, every man, every, every woman, every boy, every girl, 
come on, every minister, every deacon, every trustee, every usher, every security, let the praise of God go forth. God be glorified. Glorify, glorify. I gotta, I gotta quit. I got, I gotta quit. But I'm just, I'm saying this, and and, and I, I mean it. It's to the glory of God. But when, 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 when you, when you look up, up at this high yellow guy from New Jersey, I'm telling you, you're looking at a miracle. Some, some, some of you know somewhat of my story. Larnold. Lauren will give you the real deal. He'll tell you, I'm not lying. I'm, you're looking at a miracle. The devil tried to, to destroy me. The devil tried to wipe me out. He tried to silence my voice. But I thank God for old school teaching. Man, you better praise the Lord. Man, you better pray. Man, you better trust the Lord. Man, you better keep your eyes on him. And now I look over my shoulder. And I promise you, I don't look like what I've been through. And when you see me praising, know that there's a reason. It's because of God, because of his faithfulness, because of his goodness. And I encourage you, no matter where you are right now, get your eyes off the problem. If he brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. He'll bring you out of it victoriously. It's his promise. It's his guarantee. God will deliver you. I want everybody just to bow your head for a moment. Please, no one looking around. This is a, the most sacred moment. Some of you here are bound by sin, bound by shame, guilt. You've not stepped in to his glorious deliverance, salvation. Perhaps you've heard the message in the past, but you've rejected the message. But today is the day. No more rejecting. Receive him. Repent of your sins. Call unto him and he'll deliver you. You have tried to live your life without him. And it hasn't worked. Come before him. Save me, Lord Jesus. And he'll save you and deliver you. Don't think, well, I got to wait till I'm perfect to come. If you could be perfect before coming, you wouldn't have to come. You wouldn't need him. But he's taken upon himself all of our imperfections, our flaws, our sins, our disgrace, and has given to us his grace, whereby we can enjoy salvation today. With every head and bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you'll say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I don't want to be lost. Perhaps you're a backslider. You've gotten away. Come on back home today. And if that's you, I'm talking to, and I know you're here. I want you to slip up your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it. I'll acknowledge it, and then you can put it down. If you want me to pray with you, I see your hand. God bless you, dear. Is there others? Wave at me. If there's hands in the in the in the uh, balcony area, mezzanine there. If you're here today, right there in the rear, I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. He's here today to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. I know I got to have some witnesses in here. We, you're not alone. We've been where you are. Come to him and he will save you and he'll deliver you. I'm going to ask you to do one other thing. I'm going to ask you to meet me right here at this altar. I want to pray for you quickly. 
Let's praise the Lord, saints, as they come. If you raised your hand, even if you didn't, but you needed to be here, you come very quickly. Come very, very quickly. Very quickly. Very quickly. If you're up in the, in the mezzanine, just find your way down very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. Let's truly praise the Lord, not only for these souls, but let's even praise the Lord for those to come and for those who may be viewing online. You can't get here, but you're here in the spirit. We're praying for you as well. Come on, saints. That's it. Here they come. Here they come. Here they come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come. Come wherever you are. Come wherever you are. Come wherever you are. Wherever you are. Come. In the name of Jesus. Come. 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 Wherever you are. Wherever you are. Come right here. He's here in the midst. He's here in the midst. He's here in the midst. He's here. He's here. He's here for you. He's here for you. Listen, if you been in and out, straddling the fence, no more. Come on, come down. Let him bring restoration to you today. Just come. Come, come. He's here. Come, come. Don't let this moment pass you by. Jesus is with his arms open wide. He's willing to supply all of the need in your life. Take my advice. Don't let this moment pass you by. Come on, come on. Don't let, don't let this moment pass you by. Jesus is waiting with his eye open. Come on, once more, church, let's give it up for these who have come and maybe some others are still coming. I believe they're going to take these to a, we're going to pray for these and then they're going to minister to them just a few moments more. I want you who are standing here at this altar, just join me and others lifting your hands before the Lord. Let's all do this. Would we lift our hands and let's pray with these individuals. So whatever the need for salvation or restoration, he's here to supply that today. Receive. Let your faith go out to him. I'm going to lead you in this prayer and God will meet you right where you stand. Say, dear God, I come in Jesus name. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for grieving your Holy Spirit. I come to you in Jesus name. Believing in my heart, you raised Jesus from the dead. With my mouth, I confess Jesus is Lord. Save me, Lord Jesus. Deliver me. Restore me. Fill me with your spirit. I believe your word is true. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Therefore, I am saved. I am delivered. And I will live for you for the rest of my life. Thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give him some more glory. God bless you. Let's clap our hands and praise God for Dr. Larry Powell. Hallelujah.